This is the Six Figure Exit. We are two entrepreneurs sharing how we've shaped our lives and our businesses. Our purpose is to help you grow your business and personal excellence. Welcome back to the show, folks. You got Carson and Gavin here live from Delwood, Minnesota for another episode of the Six Figure Exit Podcast. I wanted to take a minute to say thank you, everybody, from the bottom of our hearts for listening to the show and following along. We've got a lot of support on social media, people DMing us, um, just saying good work and all that, which is awesome. It's cool to hear that we can provide some value. And I've had a lot of new people reach out to us, um, ask questions, and hopefully we can help out. And hopefully these shows help you guys uh, and we bring some value to you. So thanks for... Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, today we've got a super super good show, and of course, like always, like always, what's new? Um, we're going to talk a little bit about trying to solve the people problem, right, Gavin? We're going to do our best, and I, I think, uh, I mean, it doesn't. This doesn't necessarily have to apply to just our industry. Um, I think our industry is a has a big um, issue with just people retention. And, um, I think as we progress in society, I think it's becoming more apparent that it's not just, uh, trades industry or landscape industry specifically. I, I think it's everywhere. People just don't want to work hard and, um, that's just, we got to start changing things up as leaders so that people maybe start wanting to work a little bit harder. Yeah, I think there's just a lacking sense of pride and hard work and just getting shit done for a lack of better terms. So I think we're going to talk today just about, you know, what are some ideas that we have that could solve this and what we're doing with our companies um, to implement this. And uh, I guess we don't really have the answers per se, but we just want to share and brainstorm with you guys and hopefully bring some value um, just by brainstorming together with you yeah, and what get, we're doing. Get your uh, gears turning inside that head of yours get the juices flowing let's go yep. so but i think like i was saying there one of the big things i feel like anyways gavin is that there's a huge um shift in you know specifically like american culture where i feel like people really took a lot of pride in the work they did you know years ago like um i just speak to like my dad and like his generation just you know they were proud to go up go to work and you always see like the memes on instagram and stuff people like you know, dads just want to be like, yeah, I, you know, or blue collar dads, like I built that or I worked on that or whatever. Like, cause they, and they share that with like their kids and their family. Cause they took a lot of pride in that. Um, and I think there's still, you know, a decent amount of that, but I feel like it's something that we've really lost, uh, throughout the last, you know, years and whatever. And we see it a lot where the people that come in to work with us, um, they don't always have a sense of pride and they don't realize how important, you know, what they're doing really is. And I feel like if we can kind of work towards solving that and instilling as leaders and showing them, hey, like you're building a beautiful landscape that is going to create, you know, memories for this family to come and show how important that is um, and instill that sense of pride into people. I think that just helps create uh, a better team and better energy. What do you think was the shift in society? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think... Uh, not that we need to dive into it on this podcast, but I think there's a lot of stuff to do with politics as to why. Um, and I would say technology as well. There's a lot of people that tell you on social media you can work from home or 
start a drop shipping business and then never have to work again and yeah. you sit on the beach make 500 grand a month doing yeah. nothing exactly <laughs> so i think there's a lot of people that think that that's a reality um yeah. and it's just not and i think the school system is pretty broken as well to the sense that it it doesn't really push people towards blue collar work and it's kind of and i think that's changing now but i think it has been really looked down on and people have been pushed you know you have to go to college um, otherwise you're never going to make it. And yeah, well, and that's kind of what I was thinking is like where I see kind of a shift in things, you know, people not wanting to work as hard as when, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone, I'm just getting over a man flu. Um, a what? A, <laughs> a, man, a man flu. Is there a woman flu? Well, the man flu is just always, or man cold or man flu is just always more intense, you know? Let's, let's actually back this up and just sidetrack for a second because I got ADHD. You went and got your flu shot the other day and we were talking about this <laughs> yeah. and not a day after, two days after that. It was okay, three. three. Okay, three days after you get the flu. Yeah. I've never gotten a flu shot and I've had the flu maybe two or three times in my life. So yeah, yeah. take that for I think it's worth. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but... You got the flu shot. I got the flu shot, and I got sick. Bad timing. Anyways, back to my story, um, or my thought of why society shift or how it shifted. I think that, like your dad and my parents, and even maybe just the older generation, the boomers or whatever, they were those blue-collar people, and they were hard workers and not... I don't think it was as easy for them to get a college education. And so I think it came, just became this thing of like, I don't want my kids doing this. I'm going to, you know, push them to go to college. And then it just turned into every single parent turned into let's get our kids to school. And then they go to school, which is a joke. Um, in my opinion, for most cases. Um, And I think that just the cultural shift of parents pushing kids to go to school is what kind of started the, just the the shift of society not wanting to work hard. And I think just because kids were literally getting pushed to go to school and then get a, you know, an office job. And then even I think COVID was another detrimental thing to people wanting to work because they stay at home and they just get a mouse mover that moves their mouse and they get paid and they don't do shit. Yeah. And um, so (coughs) I think technology and I think that um, parents pushing their kids to go to school, not that college is a horrible thing. Uh, I think it can be a beautiful thing, but I think that it's one of those um, places that is maybe not used how it should be. I would I think agree. it's just like an education. I think it's just a, a, a way for, it's a business for people to collect money from students, students' parents. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and their parents uh, get four years off while their kids are partying and um, wasting their time. Not, I mean, it's not all cases, but a lot of cases, at least as of late, that's how things are. It seems like, um, but I think the big shift was when 
the boomers, our parents started pushing college more. Um, and just kind of the cultural shift of you need to get a, a desk job kind of is when I see that and shift I don't, happening. Yeah, I think that's, you know, they started pushing it. And I would almost say that I don't know if it was necessarily like every one of those parents pushing it. I think it was pushed on them through colleges because yeah. they realize how much money they can. I mean, look at the Harvard Endowment Fund. It's like it's like multi-billions or like trillions. It's like crazy the amount of money they have. So, I mean, it's a very lucrative business to be in as schooling. Um so I think they just realized that and they started pushing that onto the school curriculum and the local communities. And then every, you know, the teachers and counselors were all, I mean, I remember um, when I was in high school, I was asked three or four times, you know, why aren't you going to school? Uh, and I was just, well, I'm not. And they were like concerned. And I was there like, <laughs> why are you concerned? Like, I'm not concerned. Like I know I was, since I was uh, sixth grade going to work for my dad, like I know I know how to work and I can make something of myself. I don't need someone else to show me how to do that. So, and I think like you touched on for a minute there, I think it's easier to try to, for parents, um, I think there's a big sense of laziness and I think technology has a huge play in it where it's easy for people to just let technology take care of their kids or let the school system take care of their kids. They don't have to raise them. They don't have to parent them. It's less yeah. work for them. And it's kind of the easy way out. It's hard to raise kids. I mean, I don't know. You're finding out, but I, I would assume it's hard to raise kids that, um, have good morals, know how to work hard, and it takes time, So, which people just don't want to spend the time to do that. Yeah, and I think just as society progresses and advances with technology and um, parenting is just getting harder and harder because there's the cultural um, pushes of technology that, you know, other other parents can't seem to get a handle on how to prepare their child with technology and how to interact with it so they just hand it over to them and then um they just let it take over their lives and so you know excuse me when your kids come home from school and uh their friends all have iphones but you they're you know your kid doesn't they're they you know, you know they get upset and, you know they wonder why what's going on um i think it's just like one of those things that's just gonna be hard to be different like but it's in reality, it's what's best, and it's hard to make them understand that at a young age. But I think it's possible to make them understand it. I think it's even if they don't understand, I think it's still going to serve them well long term. Yeah, and I think um, I feel like we kind of a little bit identified one of the problems, and a big piece of it is I think the pride in you know the work, but in the trades and blue collar in general, there's just. Um, it's been looked down on in the previous years, and I think that is shifting, but I think it's going to shift. And the only way it's going to change is with, you know, our generation, um, the business owners, entrepreneurs that are in this industry and the leaders, uh, managers and, you know, project managers is showing that pride to the people that are on their job sites and the people they work with and explaining how important, you know, what you're doing is and being a good leader and instilling that pride in everybody and, you know, raising up the people within the company that, you know, show and take pride in what they do. Um, and I don't want to say putting them on a pedestal, but, you know, making it known that you appreciate that. And that's what we should all be working towards. I yeah. think the whole culture has to go back to, you know, really taking pride in building something, not taking pride in making a quick buck and headed to the beach, you know, and driving the Lamborghini. I think and I guess for me personally, I know 
now I haven't ever driven a Lamborghini, but I would assume after two days of driving a Lamborghini, I'm going to be bored and I'm not going to have much pride in that. Whereas for the rest of my life, I can be building different projects and building a company and teams of people. And I will always take pride in that and feel good about that. The material things of, you know, like that are sold to you uh, online, I would say, I don't think is the answer. So yeah. we got to, as leaders, instill pride in the work that we're doing. Yeah, I think by just being a, an example, living a, an exemplary life, that's how you're going to start shifting people's mindset. Like, I don't, I don't think you, like, if you're the leader, you don't have to go out and literally do everything. But I think showing <coughs> your team that you're willing to work hard, you're willing to put in the hours, you're actually executing what you say you're going to do, and they're going to see that and they're going to appreciate that and they're going to want to, you know, if they're a good person or if they want to kind of live the same life that you're living, they'll catch on to that and start living that exemplary life too. And so I think it's kind of like a snowball effect or chain reaction of it starts at the top of, you know, the, the leadership area, development um, area, and then it kind of works its way through the organization and into the, hopefully the families that, you know, that, people that work for you, their, their families that, um, they have. So yeah, I think as leaders, we need to make, make our employees, our team members feel appreciated, um, for what they're doing and make them, you know, understand that how important they are and what they do. And when we show that appreciation to the people that are being prideful in their work, doing a good job and being exemplary, um, in everything they do, that's going to show other people within our team or people from the outside. I've had uh, um, younger kids that come in to work for, not, I mean, I'm not that old either, but, um, you know, younger guys come in and work for us that have said, like, you know, I've seen your stuff on social media and it's just what you guys are doing is cool. It looks like fun. You're, you know, you take pride in what you do. You've got um, nicer equipment or, you know, and I think that's a way that you can use technology to try to get more people towards you is show them that, you know, we do take pride in what we do. We take pride in our work and our equipment and everything and how we treat everybody. And it's going to make people want to come and work for you. And once they're there, it's your responsibility as a leader to, you know, show them that same pride and teach them to be good at what they do. Because I realistically, like most of the people that come through that um, we've hired in the previous years, especially younger people, you know, people my age and even older than me, um, there's just a sense of not necessarily caring about what they're building. And you can see that, that at other jobs and previous jobs, it was always a mentality of we're here to just get the job done and get paid and move on to the next. And, you know, it's three o'clock on Friday, you know, so you can see that in people. And I think identifying that and, you know, trying to shift their mindset um, to be different than that is going to be extremely critical for the future of everything. Say you're a leader and you're looking to, you know, expand your team. Is there a way for us to not even hire those type of people that don't have pride or is there a way that, or do you think people are able to change and you're, I don't, I just don't know that you're, it's, I, <coughs> it's harder to instill pride in someone. I think it's more of a natural thing. Um, unless they are around long enough and see, you know, the hard work and efforts and see the change and see the progress. Um, but is there a way for us to hire 
people that are prideful and do care, I think that comes down to the process of how you hire people. And I think one, I just was thinking the other day of like, if you hire somebody or you're having an interview with somebody and you ask them, how did you hear about us? What makes you want to come work with us? And they don't have an answer for you. You just kill the interview right there. Yeah. Cause that shows they don't give a rip Yeah, about who you are, where they're coming to work, what they're going to be doing. If they don't have an answer for you, that's it. That's interviews over. <laughs> I think that's a good point. Move I mean, on. <laughs> when I look at, uh, even when I go meet with customers, um, new clients and things like that, like I'll Google them and try to see like if they've got, you know, anything on social media or, um, you know, if they're on like the about us page of a website or something, if there's somebody, um, you know, that would end up there just to see, I mean, mainly it's to see like, do these people like own a company or they have a big social presence where you can tell if got a lot of money and like what you're walking into and prepare yourself for the sales meeting. But if I was going to get a job at a company, like you, to your point to reaffirm that is, yeah, you'd damn well better believe that I'm going to show up knowing like what this company's about and why do I want to work there? Otherwise, I mean, why are you, if you're just bouncing from job to job? Yeah. So I, I think that could be a great indicator if they've done no research on who you are as a company and what you stand for and why they want to work there, then they're just looking for a job. Yeah. So I don't know, like, I think you're going to get people though that maybe they do or it looks cool and they want to work there or they've seen, you know, like guys that see our stuff on social media and um, follow and it looks cool and they want to come work here. Um, but when they get here, they think it's just all fun and games like, and we like to have fun and, you know, enjoy the time, you know, working together and everything as well too. But we also got to get something done. Like we can't just play around and drive trucks around and talk to the camera <laughs> and you know what it looks like on social media. Sometimes we actually got to get stuff done too. The highlight reel. Yeah. It's not always just the highlight reel 24 seven. So everyone thinks they're going to be a landscaper and drive the skid loader all day long and never get out of it. And that's just not the reality of the, <laughs> no. so even when the excavating side, they're not doing that either. Um, but I think, you know, teaching people that, um, how important the work that we are doing and showing that, I think you can change to an extent, some people, how they are, maybe, maybe they've always, you know, had that mentality that they want to feel appreciated or take pride in what they do, but they've never been in a company that has taken pride in what they do or had a good leader to, you know, show the importance of that. So when they come to your company, maybe you know, they're not good at that or they don't recognize those things, but they have the ability to learn that. So I think part of it is like, you got to take a chance on people to an extent, but I think there are some pretty clear identifiers right away, um, whether or not they're a good fit. So, and I think core values, having that in place and, you know, hiring, like we've talked about so many yeah. times right. off of those is a huge piece of it too. Yeah. I think that'll kind of weed out the people that, I mean, just aren't a good fit or they are a good fit. And, um, if they don't, if they seem like they're a good, excuse me, if they seem like they're a good fit, you know, based on your core values, but they don't have the, the pride or the care, I, so to speak, of like what they're actually doing, I can see how it, you know, it might just take some time for them to grow into what we're doing or what, what's going on in the company. And so, yeah, I can see how it, it is possible for them to change, I guess. Yeah, and I, th I feel like we're going through, I mean, from the way it looks on social media, I would say five years ago, 
the industry was kind of headed downhill in the sense of, um, you know, not a lot of people coming in and there's still not a lot of people coming into it and it's getting harder and harder to find people and all of that. But I feel like, I mean, just by looking on social media, I feel like that's shifting. And I feel like there's a lot of people starting to take more pride in blue collar work and people are realizing like, you know, I can go be a plumber, electrician, you know, own a landscape company or do whatever and make, you know, well over six figures a year just doing that. And hopefully uh, we help you get out of that six figure to the seven figures, the six figure exit, the six figure exit (laughs) into seven, baby. But I think people are starting to realize that they don't need to go work for the man. Um, These, you know, huge, these huge conglomerates of companies to make a ton of money. They can go do it themselves. And I, I mean, I truly believe that's kind of the American dream is to, you know, go do it in a, whether it's for yourself or within a small company, you don't need to go work for Coca-Cola or 3M or these very large conglomerates of companies that have been around for so long. Um, do it in your local business, do it building something and actually creating value instead of just pushing paper around. And I think people are starting to kind of turn to that a little bit. And I think a big piece of it is the social media, the YouTube. So many people are realizing like, I mean, everything I feel like that I've learned and probably the same for you to an extent when it comes to business has just been through YouTube and social media and just learning from other people that yeah. I've seen do it. Never went to school for that. And I think these schools are starting to wisen up to that as well. Like, yeah, like this YouTube thing can be dangerous. <laughs> like it's going to yeah. take potential college candidates from us because they're going to go learn how to, I mean, even, you know, trade stocks or start a business on YouTube and then they don't need to go to college anymore. Or how to hang a door or how to yeah, I mean, how to, <laughs> put I mean, cabinets in or yeah, just anything. Yeah, literally. I mean, think about a ha- handyman work. I was talking to uh, somebody on social media. They said they're doing handyman stuff and they were making like 150 an hour on average. Just handyman, they got their van and then some tools and whatever and they just do their thing. And yeah. it's like, it's a good living. Like you're yeah. not going to make that unless you're in a high level executive at some other company, you know, somewhere right. else. So, um, it's interesting to, interesting to see, but I think taking pride in what you do is kind of how you get people through the door and they're going to see how much pride you take. And that's how you really start to shift the culture of the whole industry and, you know, the country and the world. Um, and I think getting those people to stay, which is an, another hard piece, especially for us in this climate here, um, and I say climate because we're so seasonal. We've got this winter season where like now it's actually looking outside, just starting to snow, which is great. Keep snowing. Um, we don't have much to do in the winter besides snow removal. So it's hard to keep long-term employees because you've got this down period for four months that there's not much to do. And then you're slammed busy in the summer and you don't get much time yeah. to do you know, free time in the summer. So it's a really difficult industry for us to be in um, up here in Minnesota. But I think if you can show appreciation to the people that you have, um, that is what is at the end of the day, ultimately going to make people want to stay at your company. And I mean, there's a lot of ways to show appreciation, but yeah, and I know there's a couple things you guys have done like flame and Fridays and stuff like that, which are really cool and something that we'd like to do something of. What do you think is another good way to show appreciation to um, kind of like you were alluding to earlier, I think, I think what would be really beneficial is having measurables really clear throughout the whole organization. And once people maybe exceed kind of their standard of what we expect out of them for their numbers, once people ex- start, you know, average to six, you know, excelling in their 
um, measurables. And I think making the whole company aware of that individual, putting them on a pedestal, like you're saying, of like, this person has been putting in the work and it's showing their numbers are higher, they're making more money, and um, they're happier. And I think part of that too is like understanding where people are good at, you know, what's their unique ability and putting them in the right position for them to exceed and for them to, you know, be happy and excel at what they're doing. Um, so I think really trying to, I, I would say just make everybody aware that when people do win, that people, other people recognize, recognize it. Yeah. yeah. That they've put in the effort to yeah get there. Or is this like, Jeez. setting up some sort of bonus structure that makes sense for your business and uh, motivates your, your company or just small little um, incentivized games at work, whether it's, you know, just a fun game that people can win a prize at. Um, what about when you're reading traction with the gift card thing? I thought that was a really good idea too. Yeah, so that that was, they were talking about how this company went through the EOS program or whatever, and they uh, they would give out a gift card to an individual that week, each week, based on um, whoever exemplified the core values the most. And then um, the person that would give the gift card was the person that received the gift card last week. And then um, not one person could win it multiple weeks in a row, it had to be, everybody had to win before it could kind of recycle and start over. Um, so I thought that was kind of a cool way to incentivize people to live by the core values, understand the core values, and just kind of live a life in the business of, you know, living by those core values. And I think there's a lesson in that um, from the like flip side of that for the leaders of the company to watch, you know, who's the last guy to get the gift card? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It'll kind of start to identify the people and how, you know, because for us, an example, you know, in, in the trades, blue collar, a lot of times uh, the owners of the company um, and, you know, these small businesses are out selling and they're not necessarily there every single day with the guys. You know, maybe it's a couple times a week or whatever, working on the job site with them or here or there. Um, and so you don't always um, have a full sense of understanding of how people feel about each other. And I think that will kind of weed out without them coming to you to be a snitch. Cause I mean, there's that stereotype of it's going to wean out who they don't necessarily like working with, I think. And then maybe that's an opportunity to sit down with them and be like, Hey, I realize you're the last get the gift card. Is it like something we can help you with? And, you know, make it a positive experience. Like, you know, what, what do you think you could work on? And, um, what you can know, we work on? What can, yeah. What can yeah. we do to help you get to, you know, where you want to be? And if you've got those core values and you've got a vision and purpose and everything laid out with your company and you're doing, you know, if you've got KPIs for each person. So when they come in, interview them, you know, kind of uh, when you onboard them, try to understand, you know, where do you want to be by the end of the season? Where do you want to be next year, five years from now? What does that look like? And how can we help you get there? If you've got those understandings, um, if they're the last person to get the gift card, you can kind of look back to that and reflect and go, okay, well, you know, at this rate, it doesn't seem like you're going to hit these, you know, so how do we help you get there? What do you need from us? And, you know, maybe they're just having a bad week or month or whatever, or something happened. Um, but I think that's a, an interesting yeah. thought as well. Yeah. At the end of the day, live your life to get the gift card. 
<laughs> got to get that gift card, baby. <laughs> you got to win. Um, I think so feeling appreciated is how you help make people stay. And another good example of this, you've got, you know, like you were saying, like incentive programs and things like that. But as managers, leaders, owners um, within companies, even little things on a daily basis, you know, hey, noticing like, hey, I saw you cleaned out your truck today at the end of the day. Like, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. You know, and just like sincerely look them in the eye and tell them like, thank you. I, I appreciate that. That goes a long ways. And I know um, someone else that I feel like is actually really good at this. I've seen it in his videos all the time is Taylor with Ken White Construction is he's always like bringing Tim Hortons to the guys on the job <laughs> yeah. sites, probably to the point of like getting them fat, to be honest. Like you could probably tone her down holes. on the Timmy's. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think, you know, things like that, it's just. Uh, Little things actually matter. Yeah, they realize that you actually you're thinking about them. Yeah. Like, and it's it. I can be speak firsthand how difficult that is to keep thinking about the guys in the field when you've got a million problems and that you're dealing with all day long in the phone calls. And I mean, in the summer in the busy season, you get I get like 60, 70 phone calls a day, and they're not. I would say half of them are okay, and the rest are all bad news or something or a problem that you have to solve. So you don't think about that. And I think the guys do realize that, and then they can understand like. You know, I, I know how busy you are and the the fact that you thought about getting us coffee this morning or something. I mean, that goes along. It shows your appreciation, and especially if you can convey to them, you know, hey, I am busy and blah, blah, blah. And, um, maybe not at the same time, but, you know, just being transparent with, you know, what you do during the day. But And I think it's important as a leader to show your team that you'd listen to them, um, not just about the work life, but like their home life too and understanding, you know, what – struggles they have or what's going well at home um how many kids they have or what like what are they interested in and like just doing little things that you know say they're a big wild fan you know you get them wild tickets or something you know just stuff like that i think nosebleeds yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely not club level but uh well we but, i gave uh mason one of our guys club level wild tickets the other day but uh well, that was after you couldn't go. Yeah, that was after I couldn't go. But, well, I could go. I just chose yeah, not. That's to. right. But, um, but no, sorry to interrupt. But no, but I, I, I just was. Yeah. I was just was saying that I think there's a lot of uh, maybe missed opportunity in just being a good listener and really understanding that person and trying to get as much information from them, like about them, that you can, um, and just truly understanding as much as you can. So that you can, you know, do those little things that we're talking about, whether it's coffee or buying them, you know, a dinner date or something with their wife. If they don't, if they haven't been on a date night for two months or three months or whatever, trying to do so, little stuff like that, I think can go a long way and um, show, I think it shows people that you do care about them and that, that you do take pride in, in what you're doing and trying to build so that they buy into that. I think that's where kind of you get that pride back. A shift in pride, maybe. Yeah, a hundred percent. They'll, they'll start to take, you know, I think that you got to teach them taking pride in your work, but that appreciation is going to have them take pride in the company itself right. and everything that the company stands for. Cause they're going to feel like a part of that. Like that's when you get, I guess I would say like the family, you know, mentality of the company um, when they realize they're appreciated. And to speak to that, um, for me personally, I don't know what, it, and I feel like this is probably a lot of people in the blue collar industry that doesn't come naturally to me to ask someone like, Hey, like, you know, how are you and your wife doing and whatever else? Like I was just raised. And I feel like a lot of people in this industry were like, 
especially men, like by their fathers are just very like old school. Like you go to work, like don't really give a shit about any of that. And it's kind of, and I don't think that's good or healthy or the right way to go about it. So for me, it's challenging to do that. And I have to push myself to do that. Um, but it feels good when you do do that. And I would, uh, kind of push and encourage everybody listening to this to make an effort, even though it's not easy and it might not come natural to do that, to ask one of your guys or someone on your team, or if you'd, you're working for somebody, ask the owner of the company, like, Hey, how are you doing? And I mean, I don't know, just show appreciation and that you genuinely care about what they got going on. Like you're saying, in the, even in their personal life. Um, and maybe you can help, you know, with, uh, buying a gift card or something for them and their, uh, wife to go out to dinner and schedule, you know, Hey, this Friday, like you're done at three o'clock. Like yeah. we're going to pay you till five, but you're done at three, go home and, you know, go on a dinner date. Here's a gift card to here or something like that. I think yeah. I've never even thought of that, but I, th- I thought that was really cool when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of our guys, uh, Nick, if you're listening, he just is coming home from, hi Nick. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming home from Arizona today, actually, that we, we paid for a trip for him and his girlfriend to go down to Arizona together and you know, share cool. share a five days uh just them and hanging out and just show our appreciation to him that you know he worked hard and he sacrificed a lot of his time and effort to be you know working for us and with us and uh we just appreciate that and we appreciate him and um and Sophie you know like I told him I'm like some of Sophie and I's favorite moments together were uh, from traveling and doing stuff together yeah. like that and creating experiences so like if I'm able to help, you know, create some of those experiences for other people, um, that's what makes me happy. And I think that shows them that, you know, I care as a leader and it shows um, that, you know, I'm willing to give to them and I, cause they give to us. I mean, they, I mean, it's just a value exchange. Yeah. And I think it, and for a lot of people too, I think there's just like, looping back to the sense of pride that they take in the company after that, that, yeah. you know, I, I do matter. And, you know, a company bought me the, this trip to go down here and do it. And I'm important here. And I think that goes a long way with a lot of people showing that appreciation. That's how you instill pride in the company. Right. And it's, I mean, it, I think it's the right, the right people get the right rewards. I think. Yeah. You can't just I mean, give that all willy nilly no, to everybody. Not, yeah. You can't. You got to earn it. And you can't let people take advantage of you either. If you are a leader and you are giving stuff out, um, you, you got to make sure that you're doing it in, in the right way. You can't just be doing it in ways that you think by giving and giving and giving that people are going to catch on and be like, oh, my gosh, I appreciate you so much. But um, you can run into those people that are just takers. And I think what a lot of people tend to do and what I do for sure is, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but I will put myself in somebody else's shoes when I look at that and I've been prone to this where you like give and give and give. And then after a certain point you realize like this person's just taking advantage of the situation and you being generous. And I've looked at those situations and been in those situations. Like why the hell are they doing that? Like, I don't get it. Like I've been so generous with them and they've like treated the company, me, like whatever, so disrespectfully and like kind of walked all over it. And then you have to let them go and so on and so forth. But what I found in or what somebody had said on a podcast I was listening to, which just really resonated with me is, if I was in their shoes and somebody gave me that or gave me that opportunity, I know what I would do with it. And that's why I, as a person, I keep giving those things to people because I keep putting myself in their shoes of what I would do with my personality, but they're not your personality. You got to realize that, you know, that person needs to earn, um, 
the respect of, or you need to earn their respect and they need to earn your respect. But if you just keep giving people stuff that haven't earned it, they're never going to respect you as a person. And you kind of have to demand the respect a little bit well, is what I've been learning. It also trains them not to push harder or excel. I mean, it's just like they're getting rewarded for doing the average or even, you know, bare minimum or just, you know, below average even. Yeah. They're just skating by and they're still getting rewarded. So that's just, it's, it's like training a dog, you know, they're doing bad behaviors and you're giving them treats. They're going to keep doing bad behaviors. Yeah. They'll never get any better. So. But. Speaking of getting better, one of the <laughs> other, <laughs> one of the other great things to help keep people and entice people a lot of times is better pay. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Some people that's much more important. Some people that's not as important. And I think, I guess I'd like to hear your, your opinion on that, Gavin. Just offering better pay and nothing else that we've just talked about doesn't solve any issues. But I feel like that's a lot of ways companies have gone about it. It's just throw money at people and don't appreciate them. Don't take pride in what you do. But here's more money. Just yeah. get people through the door. I would agree with that. I think people like to come to a place and actually, I mean, I would say not everyone, but most people if they're going to be working for their lifetime, um, want to be at a place that they enjoy and feel joy in opposed to a place that they come to and they're miserable and un unhappy when they come to work. Um, I don't think it's all about the money. I think we've talked about it in the past of people jumping ship um, to make a couple dollars less an hour just to be in a place that they feel like, Maybe it's a step backwards right now, but in, you know, five years from now, they might be at a place higher because at the last place, they just didn't have any room to grow. And there so there wasn't they, any opportunity. Yeah. And they just didn't feel like the environment was, you know, supportive of growth and um, the leaders just kind of a stagmate and didn't do much and just kind of, you know, ran, ran through the, the ropes and, that was it. There wasn't any push for growth. There wasn't any, um, you know, cultural advancements with people. And so people just decide to leave. And I think it's not just about the pay. It's about the culture. It's about the vision. It's about the leadership. And um, there's just a, a lot of different details that matter, in my opinion, when it comes to making the decision to work somewhere, just not because it pays well. I think... A thought I just had when you were saying that, and I literally just had this thought, I've never even thought about this before. Um, but you see a lot of business, especially small business owners, just trying to throw money at problems, of, like the people problem, right? Just throw money and try to pay more money. And it doesn't necessarily work out. And it's something that I've done. Um, and it never really pans out that well, to be honest. Um, but maybe the reason why, like I said, I just had this thought, is from my mentality, you know, and I feel like a lot of small business owners in the construction industry, they've done really shitty jobs to earn a little bit more money because they just had the mindset of, I don't care how crappy this is. I just want to make money and succeed and keep growing and, you know, move, you know, make more money. And that's kind of the mindset that they've had, you know, in the past. And maybe that just reflects into, you know, their business of what they're doing. Like, Hey, I, I'm willing to work and do like, I'll get in the trenches and 
bust my butt all day and don't really care. Like, I just want to make more money because that's your mindset. And that's probably why you're in the position you are as like the business owner of like working so hard to get to that point. Like you're willing to put in the 80 hour weeks and it just doesn't matter. Like you're just going to win and you want to keep excelling. But I think understanding like that's not most people. That's 1% of people. 99% of people don't want to go work 80 hour weeks or, you know, put in that effort or the sweat and the grime and the abuse mentally that yeah. just, you know, the strain it takes Knocking on your you. head against the wall for an hour. Yeah. For a couple bucks more, but for some reason we're just dumb enough to want to do that, to yeah. just keep pushing ahead. So understanding that that isn't everybody and people have different goals and outcomes in life than you do. Um, I don't know. That was just kind of a thought I just had. And I feel like that could be, I feel like that's me a little bit, but that's also probably a lot of other people too. You think it's just the mentality that you have is more money, more money, more money. So then. No, it's, it's not even like more money, more money, more money. It's just, um, I don't like, I just don't even care like how hard I have to work to like do something. To make it happen. Yeah. I just like, I guess more money for me is the measure of winning and I just want to win. Yeah. And that's how you keep score is by money. Right. It's not even about the money to, you know, spend on materialistic things. I just want to win and I don't care how hard I have to work to win. I just want to win. So I just, you know, that's my mindset. But a lot of people like winning to them is not just getting ahead in business. It's, you know, having enjoying the a 40 hour work, enjoying week the time then, at work and yeah, enjoy yeah. the time at work and, you know, go on your vacations and head to the cabin on the weekends with the family and, you know, do whatever. Um, that's their idea of winning where it's just, that's not necessarily my idea of winning maybe someday, but not right now. But yeah, I think understanding that other people have a different idea of winning. So yeah, success, I would say success looks different for every single person. Yeah. And that's where you got to, again, don't put yourself in their shoes of what would you do if you were in their shoes? Look at it from third party perspective outwards, you know, what, what would they do? Or what do they they understand their perspective? Listen. Yeah. I got to get better at that. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? (laughs) What'd you say? But yeah, I think um, to to speak about the better pay thing as well, I I do think pay is important and probably now in the last couple of years more so than ever, um, simply because of the fact that everything has gotten so expensive. I mean, I can't believe how expensive things are. We were talking about the other day, quoting stuff. I'm looking at it like, my God, like three, four years ago, like when I got started, um, when we bought the company, what our costs to install things our hard cost right now, just what it costs us to put a paver in is what we were charging installed like four yeah, years ago. Like double now. It's absolutely insane how much the costs have gone up. So pay is very important. And what I can tell by that is I know our costs on like installing stuff have doubled and our cost, I would say cost on groceries. I don't know if it's doubled, but it's you know gone up significantly, but I could almost promise most people's pay have not gone up in that extent. No way. No, not at all. And that's historically, like, ever since we got off the gold standard, honestly, and inflation, and that's a whole different story about why we should be back on the gold standard. But anyways, um, I think the way to kind of get and correct that is going to be just through the leadership, like, understanding, you know, what are your business expenses and not being afraid to charge more and provide a higher value um, and quality service to customers. Or product. Yeah, and don't be there's so many people that especially when you get into the industry you're kind of like you don't know if you're good enough and you don't know what to charge and it kind of is what it is um 
don't be afraid to charge for stuff. I mean, yeah. we go up and like bid stuff on smaller jobs, you know, never really on big jobs, but on smaller jobs where someone comes in and they're doing it for half of what we're doing it for. And it's like, well, that's our cost on it. So I don't know how they're doing that. Yeah. But um, I, so I guess the advice on that is you got to understand, you know, if you're getting into this and you're starting to bring on employees and you want to build a good team and you want to have those A players, you do have to pay them well. And in order to pay people well, you need to understand your numbers. You need to know how to bid things and you need to be, very good at what you do in order to build that team. So don't try to throw a players into a system that is non-existent yet where you right. don't have a system. Can't you don't sustain the, yeah. the demand of those people, you know, the a players that do demand a higher wage and your company just can't support it because you just, you don't know your numbers and um, we're going to have a, sh a show on knowing your numbers and how to recover your overhead. But um, yeah, I think, it's important to know what you're worth, know, you know, the value that you're giving. And, you know, I would say charge whatever the heck you can, in my opinion. If you're selling it and it's, it seems like a lot, great. <laughs> I mean, I think you can do, I think you can do a lot of good when it comes to, you know, if, if people are buying and they feel like they're getting a good deal, they're getting value out of it, and you're still able to, you know, make good money as a business, as an owner, and your people are getting paid great. I think uh, it's hard to beat a business like that. That is has the good culture, has a good team, has a good vision, values, and then also is able to pay their people well because they just provide a, a better service, a better product. And um, I think businesses like that are just kind of unstoppable. Yeah, I would I, totally unstoppable. And I think that is what warrants you to charge more. Yeah, you just kind of charge just, what you it's want. It's an exponential growth yeah. chart of, you know, the better you get, the more you can charge, the better your team gets, the more you can charge. And it's just kind of a scale that just kind of keeps going up. And I think people would genuinely be surprised on what people are willing to pay. And especially over the last few years, what people are willing to pay for projects. I mean, we've sent out quotes. I've sent out quotes where I'm like, probably not getting this, yeah. but and they accept it and you're like, wow. Maybe we should have charged more. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have charged more on that. But I, so I think like, I guess I would also challenge you guys listening to next time you send a quote out, like I'll just throw another double 10%. It. <laughs> I mean, if you see Shifsky's bidding it, then double it. Yeah, for sure. Cause then we're going to get it. But <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I mean, throw another 10% on there and just yeah, see what happens. For sure. So, yeah. Well, we kind of talked about that when we were down at the RBO thing with, we're just doing an open panel or whatever. And yeah, some guy just wasn't charging what he was worth. And, um, Trevor, the guy from RBO, just kind of lit. He just kind of lit the guy up and was like, I don't know. He just was. What did he say? He goes, Next time you throw a quote out there, make sure your asshole puckers on this one. That's for real, though. Like, yeah. you just, every you gotta once do, you, you gotta, gotta do, test the waters yeah. every now and then. Otherwise, you don't know where you're at in the market. Right. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, you know, if it's 10% or if it's another 50%, um, I mean, the worst they can say is no, and I think you can learn from that experience and move on. And I think you're better serving higher-paying customers than, or f I, I should say that again, you're better off serving fewer higher-paying customers than more lower-paying customers. Oh, 100%. If you could have half the number of people working at your company that are very, very skilled and good at what they do. And you're servicing very, very skilled and wealthy clients that are, you know, just willing to dump money out there and, yeah. or just 
not even that situation. If it's just, you know, average Joe and they just, they're willing to pay good money for a good product and a good service that's done quickly and has very good quality and they'll, they just want to pay extra money to have that value. You're way better off as a company doing that than trying to be the bottom feeder that just scrapes by on every single job and is doing it as cheap as possible. So yeah. there's, I mean, there's always going to be those people out there. It just, and it, well, there's a market for every, I mean, yeah, there, there is, is a market, a market for, for affordable lawn care or affordable <laughs> lawn mowing. It's, yeah. Um, there's a, there's a market for yeah. the affordable person and everything. I guess the for question sure. is, do you want to go do the same amount of effort and work and everything else to get that job? That's going to pay you a 5% margin or 10% margin, or do you want to go make a 40 or 50% margin? and do the same amount of work that you have to do. And honestly, a lot of times what I've found is people that are willing to part uh, or you know, either have more money or willing to pay for the value of the better service, they're usually a better client to work for, whereas that person that's budget shopping on everything, it's their last couple of bucks that yep. you're prying away from them, and they are going to critique everything you do to the point of like trying to get you not to pay or trying to get them not to have to pay or you to take money off the bill or something like that because you feel bad and they're always a nightmare of a client. That's yeah. my experience is almost every time. Yeah. And that's, I think kind of the overarching point of this is like finding the higher quality customer is going to help you have higher quality people. Can we put that on the title for the show? Please. It's a lot to say, but I think I'm going to try to make that fit. That was pretty good. I'm going to have to go back and listen hey, to how you, how you worded that. I wasn't listening, but that, that was pretty good. Finding higher quality customers is going to help you have higher quality people because your customers are going to be more willing and more able to pay you opposed to, like you said, clients that are scraping by, are, you know, arguing about pennies with you where... Most of the time, the customers that are, you know, high quality, high paying, they just want to, they just want to get it done. And well, that's like, here's my, here's my checkbook. The, the guy you were and, talking to the other day that yeah. just, we've got a couple permitting things we're trying to work through to make sure everything can be, is okay and kosher. And the guy's like, can I just send you a check? And it's yeah. Like, yeah. He's out of town. They're down in Florida. We got a project going on, uh, White Bear Lake. And he's like, there's just like Carson was saying, some permit issues that we got to work through. And he's like. I told him, explain the situation. There's going to be some costs involved. He's like, you want me to send you guys, send you a check for five, 10 grand? I'm like, no, nah, let's just pump the brakes quick. Let's make sure we got everything yeah. done. You know, I was like, yeah, tell him, ask him if 20 works. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Maybe 50. I don't know. Try, try for 50, Gavin. <laughs> no, but, uh, but that's just goes to show like those people are committed to the, you know, I've showed them value through the process of working with them that they're just so willing and able to trust me that they want to move forward with this project I'm going to send, you know, this guy money that hasn't done any work for me physically yeah, to get this project going. Um, so there's, this, you know, it's just that high level of trust and a high level of client so that, you know, I'm able to get the work and then, you know, get the people so that we can build a good team. And um, those higher, <laughs> higher paying jobs, you know, like we said, is what can able you're able to afford hire better people i think that uh just that situation too i just want to like compliment you and uh express that people like that in my opinion um if if they have the money to do a project of that size they're obviously you know relatively wealthy and they've been successful in their life 
And then I feel like the reason of that is they can identify who good people are and good yep. teams of people because that's just what it takes to be successful. And they're able to identify that in you, which is why they're so trusting and what you've built with your company. And that's why they're so trusting to just, hey, I'll just you know send you the five to 10 grand, even though we're not everything secured with like permits and everything yet. So um, if you build a good team of people and you do exemplary work, situations like that right there are going to become more and more often. Now I understand when you're starting out, sometimes you just, you got to sell price because you don't have any experience. You don't have a team, you don't have anything. Um, you're just starting. So I get that. But even though you're starting there, your goal from day one to should be to get to where Gavin's at, not to where you are right now. Not that I'm it, no, but I mean, it. to that <laughs> yeah. point of trust and, you know, people right. see the value that you bring. Yeah. When I started out, it was, it was crazy for me to see a $4,000 check, but now, Woo-hoo! yeah, but now like we're, this is a two, almost a $200,000 project that the guys wants to send five, 10 grand to me just so we can get this thing moving with the city. And it's just crazy how, and not, like, and now my perspective is like, oh, five, 10 grand. What, I mean, what's that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It's crazy how things change, you know, just perspective changes in that short time of four or five years because I think that I provided the value to my clients that I demanded, you know, I, I was out there putting the work in to demand the high level of service and money that I think we're worth. So I, I think it really comes down to what you want to put in and, and what you want to get out of it. So um, well, and it's easier to charge that when you have put in the work yourself, yeah. when you know you've got the A team behind you and they show up and they're going to knock this thing out and do a killer job. I mean, I can tell you firsthand from a sales experience, it's hard to sell something when you know the guys coming in are going to be like, well, I'm going to have to babysit them and there might be some issues and this and that. It's yeah. hard to sell it and it's yeah. hard to be confident and that the customers can see through that. And I mean, your work will show of it too. So build good people, build a good team. It's going to help you make way way more money easy as that right <laughs> business Simple. is easy B- business is easy baby <laughs> well it's easier said than done yeah there's but no the, doubt well, about that. The, i think the biggest thing we've talked about today is the people and how we can kind of keep people how we can attract people um and hopefully gain some some knowledge and value out of today if you guys gain some value make sure you share the show <laughs> Uh, post it up on Instagram, tag us, we'll share the story and send you a bunch of love and a high five or something like that virtually. Nothing more valuable than the love from Carson and I. Yes, that's valuable love. I mean, we really. Don't give that out very often. <laughs> so, no, we really appreciate you guys that have shared the show. I know a handful of people over the last couple of weeks have done that. Um, and, and we just really appreciate that. So, thank you guys. So, I think that concludes our show for today. Next week, we've got another big week. Yeah, maybe we'll actually have a, a guest. <laughs> Our guest just, just got a nose job, and now he's getting his lips done. And so it's just this <laughs> yeah. kind Next of, thing will be eyebrows. Yeah. It's so, he's going to be looking good, though. Yeah. <laughs> but now we give him shit. But uh, yeah. So we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.